This is the Boston Men's Group Podcast. If you're ready to take down your guard, be a role model for positive masculinity, and build a legacy of greatness, welcome to the tribe. This is Patrick. Welcome to the Boston's Men's Group Podcast. I'm going to be taking today's podcast and I'll be speaking to Justin Kompf, who is a good friend and colleague, and I'll allow him to briefly introduce himself. Go for it. All right. So just a little bit of my background. I've been in Boston for coming on three years now. I moved here to start my doctorate in exercise and health sciences, um, the focus on health psychology. The interest is how to get people to do all the health behaviors that are good for them. I've been a personal trainer for 10 years now. I work with Patrick, um, do some writing when I can too. So that's the brief intro on me. Yep. That sounds good. All right. So we're going to crack on today with, we're not going to bore you with information about what you should or shouldn't do in the gym, but more so take a deep dive into the psychology as to why you're actually not doing what you should be doing and then help your reasons to overcome that or give you strategies to overcome that. So Justin, fire yeah. away, mate. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> what we can say is whenever, whenever someone engages in a behavior, it happens because of things called determinants. So... For example, you go to work because you have the expectation that you're going to get money. Um, you, if you weren't going to get paid, that determinant, if that wasn't, that determinant wasn't there, you wouldn't go to work. Um, it's the same thing for every single behavior out there. There's got to be a reason for why people do what they do. So in terms of exercise, you know, people have to feel confident that they have the technical abilities to actually do something like resistance training, which is both of our area of expertise. If you don't know how to do it, then it, that's, you're not going to feel confident, so you might not do it. Um, if you don't feel that it's a pleasant, you get pleasant sensations from it, or, or some people perceive it as, as painful, you're probably not going to do that. Um, you have to be motivated to do it too. Uh, and there's other things you have to be able to make plans. You have to self-regulate your own behavior, stuff so like that. Going back, three things. Main things are kind of like rewarding the behavior. It's got to be some outcome associated with the behavior. Yeah. So establishing an outcome. Second one is it's got to be somewhat enjoyable. Um, we recently talked about this with a, a client saying, we don't want you to do exercise and make you endure. We want you to make it an enjoyable aspect of your life. And then the third one was being motivated to do it. Yeah, so you have to, I mean, you can think of it as this. You have to have the opportunity to do something. You have to have the capability to do something. And you have <clears> to have the motivation to do something. Um, and then it's going to end up occurring. I think a cool thing to talk about would be um, maintenance instead of actually doing it because anyone that's listening has probably exercised once in their life. So you and I have talked about it. It's usually not a capability issue. Um, it's usually kind of a motivation issue. So we, we were going to talk a little bit about how identity fits into all of that, um, especially when it comes to long-term maintenance of a behavior. Yeah, so Joe, uh, Justin and I both are huge advocates of uh, doing things for the long term rather than acute doses of, of change that can't, can't be sustained. So anybody looking for long-term behavior changes, that's where we like to focus our energy rather than come in here, starve yourself for 12 weeks and smash yourself into the ground. We don't feel like that's a, a sustainable or healthy option for most people. So you know, it's the reason why I respect what Justin does uh, listen to him and thought he'd be a great a great person to talk to on this on this podcast so, so let's talk about yeah, identity can... and the role that identity plays in um, 
kind of like starting, starting a behavior change and yeah, I mean, it might not even be important to start, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but generally speaking, there's different there's motivation, motivational qualities can lie in a continuum. So if I'm going to the gym and I'm doing it to lose weight because I'm not pleased with how I look, I feel guilty about how I look, um, that can get you in the gym for sure. That can get you to do it for a little bit, but if you were doing it because you loved it or if it was a part of your identity, or if you truly value the health benefits of it, that's going to get you in the gym too. But that's not, um, it's hard to say I value the health benefits after you've only done it one or two times because you're not going to see the health benefits after one or two times. That stuff is, even in, even changing your body, you're not going to see that after one or two times. A lot of the benefits are distal, they're far it's away. More, it's more important to make it enjoyable. Yeah, so you, you want you want to make that, well, at least that's what, what we do, is we want to make sure the exercise experience is enjoyable. I think that's one thing we both do is we never set anyone up to, to fail. And that's, if you're, if you're going out and doing it on your own, I would pick something that you know that you absolutely can do. Um, yeah, I talked about um, confidence, competency, uh, or being competent, and then being consistent. So you've yeah. got to be confident in what you're doing, um, which comes from time. We can talk all day about confidence. Um, having the capacity to do it, and can you go for a walk? Yes, do it. And then yeah. can you do that consistently? And then consistency is going to be, you know, like you said, uh, governed by how much you enjoy it, how much is it part of your identity, you know, how much of a stress is it upon your life and where can you fit it in? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of cool. So for someone who is part of the Boston Spence group and they're looking to improve their health and wellness, but they feel like they're stuck, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to them? I mean, that's... Give it up. <laughs> I'm sure that that, that is going to be completely um, individual to the person. But what would be like my, if we keep kind of circling back to how do we get the long term, you know, doing it, doing it for the long run instead of just a few times. I think place matters. I think the place that you're actually exercising is, is very important. Um, so, for example, uh, in, in self-determination theory, which you're familiar with, Pat, you... In, Environments that foster just that intrinsic motivation for things do a few things. One is they, they make you feel competent. So if you're going to a place and you don't feel competent in what you're doing, and if you're not getting the, the support that you need, you're probably not going to continue with it. You're just going to end up, you might <clears throat> go for a little while, you might spin your wheels, but you never feel, truly feel like you're competent at it. And you can never really integrate a behavior into your identity unless you feel competent. That's one thing. So go to a place where you can feel competent. Um, the other thing is go to a place where people actually care about you. Um, so if you're, you're probably not going to see that at a big box gym. And I mean, but what maybe you can do is actually go with a friend that cares about you, and make sure that you're doing it. So um, environments that kind of promote that intrinsic motivation. Right. They happen when somebody you're working with people and you're in a good community and a good environment where people people care about you and you're actually enjoying going to the gym to doing that thing. Um, do you want to circle back to um, an example? So we got so an example of I got two here. So say for example, you I joined a jujitsu gym. Yep. Um, completely incompetent. Mm-hmm. New environment. If I didn't feel like I was getting the support. In, in that environment, the likelihood of me continuing diminishes, well, is low, yeah, right? Yeah. On the other gut, on the other side of things, I'm gonna go in there still not competent, but if the support network is there, the and likelihood they, of me staying. And I see it, improvements it, in my you competency. See, see improvement, yeah. So then, so when you're thinking about the environment, 
and then uh, progress, right? Yep. Support network. Having like a that. good support network. If you went into a gym and you just, you know, I mean, imagine the difference between if someone at the front desk knows your name, checks in with you, hey, how's it going? Or if, if you're working with, with a small group and people know your name um, and you feel like you're a part of a community, if you feel like you're a part of a community, you're going to want to come back. You're going to want to see the same faces that you saw the week before because they actually care about you. What happens if you're a lone wolf? If you're a lone wolf, yeah. then what are you, your bodybuilder or powerlifter? Who's really a lone wolf or social animals? It's true. Deep it's down. True. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is not a social... He needs, he's, 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 he's the lone wolf. He needs people to fight. <laughs> expendables. Yeah, he he's needs expendable wolf. people. <laughs> no, he's on his own. He craves violence. <laughs> I'm sure he's a lover at heart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All yeah. right, circle so back. Where were we? Um, we were talking about uh, the environment, and then we I tried to give an example of... Putting that into practice, the second thing we went from um, from from being in that environment was what? Um, so I mean, another thing would be autonomy. Autonomy. So yeah. If you if let's say that you did sign up to go to a gym, and you absolutely hate doing squats, and the person keeps telling you, hey, we're doing squats, well, that person, that coach, whoever you're working with, is not honoring your autonomy. You're not gonna. People don't like doing things that they don't want to do. It's pretty obvious. So if you're going to a place where someone's forcing you to do something that you don't like doing, you're not gonna become intrinsically motivated. You're not gonna want to stick with it for the most part. Um, so it's, I would say those are the those are the three things that can really start to make you enjoy the behavior, make sure that you continue to do the behavior, and when that happens, let's say you've been exercising for an entire year and you've been doing it pretty consistently, well, what happens to you? Exercise starts to get integrated into your identity. And that's like one of the best things for doing it in the long run. Yeah, which is, which is what you need and what hopefully what people want. Um, what was going to get to then as you were talking about that? All right, just carry on, I suppose. Okay. I did ask something I was going to say, but was it completely insightful? forgot. Was no, you're looking into my eyes. I was so. not. Okay. I, was <laughs> I lost, lost concentration. I wasn't looking in your eyes. Does it come back to you? Yeah, uh, not yet. Okay, so we were talking about doing things that, making sure you're not doing things that you don't want to do. So you were saying, how, how can someone go from, let's just say, um, going to the gym once, signing up for a gym membership, signing up for going to something, which is step number one, because you're never going to start unless you actually get a place to go, and yeah. how do you get them to go from one time to a lifetime. Yeah, so basically we've... That was deep. Yeah, we've done that. How do we go from one time to a lifetime? That's nice. You should put that on a t-shirt. That could be like a dating site too. <laughs> one time to a lifetime. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, what are we talking about? Yeah, you've lost me again. I was going to say, so basically you've deconstructed the reasons why, as to why, somebody may... Well, it's the perfect example is like New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I'll start. I'm going to do this. But they do things that are completely outside of the comfort zone, which is fine, because you have to be uncomfortable to make a change, but it's so alien to them. Uh, the lack in the support network, the lack in the confidence, the lack in the competence. Um, what else was in there? Like a, an outcome, an outcome associated with the behavior that, that's valuable to them. Yeah, so imagine if you're, well, there's actually, I can't cite the exact study on this, but it, a lot of it is managing your, the, expected outcome that you're going to get so sometimes people you look at a magazine you're going to say oh, i'll get 12 pack abs in eight weeks well if you have that high outcome expect if someone gives you a program and says this is what's going to happen at the end of your 12-week program you have very high outcome expectations so, so something realistic realistic outcomes yeah and it's got a, the the expected outcome should match 
with what the outcome actually might be. So if I expect to get a six pack in six weeks, I'll, that'll get me in the door. But then at the end of that six weeks, imagine my disappointment versus at the end of six weeks, I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose five pounds and I'm going to feel better. Yeah. Like, we manage my expectations. We, we've seen that. We've seen that a lot with, um, with people who do these types of programs who, who fall into it. And that's why that people fall into that cycle of dietary programs, new things, because they're trying the, the next big thing. And again, it's a vicious cycle. That's why people, you know, yo-yo diet, right? Or, you know, um, these well, new, they, yeah, new, they, new, they new fitness fads come and go. It's, you can go hard for six weeks and then what's going to happen versus... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you, if you walk half a mile for a year, you can get pretty far. Whereas if you just walked, you know, two miles in one week and then give up. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Like, if you think of it in the long run, it's going to be much more beneficial. Um, what else can we talk about with this? Um, so, for, so for sticking with... What we're the, talking about, like, how to integrate behavior change in into your uh, identity, I suppose. So how to... I mean, because that would kind of be the ultimate end goal is saying I... Saying going from I'm exercising to I'm an exerciser. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm someone who exercises. So it's part of your identity. Um, so how would you go... How would you get there? I guess that that would be the right question, right? Yeah, so for those of you looking to make like a positive health behavior change, uh, these are, or wondering why you haven't been able to do it or sustain it over a long period of time, this is probably something you should listen to, uh, talk about, and if you need any advice on where or how to find this type of information, um, take advantage of being a part of this group, you know, and get in touch. You know, I feel like everyone who's a, a member of the Boston Men's Group wants some sort of growth, uh, wants to network and wants to better themselves and those people around them. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to do that. Yeah. I don't, do you want to you wanna walk a hypothetical path through someone who is not exercising at all to somebody who's, yeah, you, wanna role, you know, been, gonna, do, been doing it pretty – let's just say I'm I'm Justin and I want to – role play? Do you, well, I don't know if I want to role play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I if I'm someone who says you know what I'm gonna start like exercising obviously there's a bunch of different paths that you can take some of the there's probably a bunch of great paths there's probably some yeah let's go bad paths so like if I'm if I'm just thinking about starting is it like one is it a good move to just like go and do it on my own or yeah. what I don't know what's the what's the best the best time to start is now right always now yeah yeah there's, like I think it's a Chinese proverb so I think if you if you wait until tomorrow to take the next step, you'll spend your whole life on one foot. You read that in a fortune cookie. Potentially. That was not a proverb. <laughs> yeah. That was not a... I think, I think it was a Chinese proverb. Yeah, I think I'm an old Chinese wizard who told me this once. That was just a homeless guy on a park bench. <laughs> yeah, it looked like that to me. Yeah. Like a wizard. Yeah. It's just because he has staff. Um, but yeah, like you said, just take it. Um, you've got to do something. You can always yeah. do something. No matter where you are uh, in your fitness journey, in your health journey, or life journey, or whatever it is, you can always take one positive step. And whether or not it's just having more positive thoughts, it's still doing something to go in the right direction. Yes. So we'll take a, um, a typical guy who I've met in, in the group, right? So mm -hmm. let's just say 30, 35 years old, between those two ages, um, leads a busy business life, um, is letting go of himself, feeling the aches and pains of getting older, has decided, like, right, I need to, I need to do something different. Yeah. So what the, the the first best step is going to be the one that you know that you can do, um, so that you're you're going to know that you can crush it. There's a saying like, um, do you think that you are you confident that you could beat up Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Don't just be honest. 
do you, are you confident that you can beat him up? What's the situation? The situation is you and him meet in a dark alleyway, hand to hand combat. You versus Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm not to say no. You're not. Yeah, you're pretty not. Okay, you want. Do I have the element of surprise? No, you have no element of surprise. <laughs> just straight. You up. just meet in an alley. It's a scheduled fight. No. Okay. What I if? Hurt, I hurt me to say that. What no. if you? What if you met um, a five year old in an alleyway? Just a standard five-year-old. You think you could beat that five-year-old up? Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe. You, yeah, it, I'm not it, saying not saying you have to, but are you confident that you could do it? Yes. So you want to pick, you know, you want to pick a win. Pat's gonna get a win by. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you can probably. Yeah, say by beat. Am I? It's totally fine. I'm just gonna say crap. Yeah, I think by beat, beating the crap out of a. I think that's worse. I'm a professor. It's worse. It's worse advocating beating up a five-year-old than it is. No, it's not really. Gonna do it. So we That's want fine. we want Pat to get a win. So what's the thing that you can do today that you can get a win? You could have said a race. You no. could have said a race against Usain Bolt, or you could have said a race against a five-year-old kid. Not, not to lead to violence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. That's how cool. it went. So can you beat? A, what what can you absolutely? How can, can we crush? guarantee success? How can we guarantee that you're gonna win? Yeah. So it, does does that mean I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna do one body weight squat? Okay, that's a start. That's a win. That's a, that's a win, that's a win right? Yeah. So ce- celebrating small successes. Yeah. yeah. So if you can, if do what you know that you can do. So and then also just think if I'm if I'm planning on going into a gym, just think of all the other things you have to do. I have to get a gym membership. I have to get gym clothes. So what can you do right now? What are you ready to do right now? Yeah. So don't get overwhelmed. Basically, yeah. don't overthink it. Yeah. Well, there's a thing um, someone was saying about literally about that. Um, there's like, oh, I need to join a gym. And then you get paralysis by analysis. Well, I need mm-hmm. to join the gym. Then I need to get the clothes. Then I need to get the shoes. Then I need to get the socks. Then I need to get the watch. Then I need to get the thing. It's like no, no, no. no. Yeah. You just need to walk to the gym. Yep. Just do that. Yeah. And like don't overcomplicate things. Don't overthink things. Um, just do that. They're leading back to you know capacity. What is within your capacity? Yeah. Obviously, if you've you know. So if, yeah. What if can you, you do? Right now, I can squat. Let's just say I can squat. Yeah. Okay. I have full ability to do exercise yep yeah so let's say you are going to do it in your house so plan it around something that you already do i'm making i make my bed every morning i brush my teeth every morning that's when you're going to do it link it up to that and then just do it make it consistent make it consistent i was reading a book and um it's i don't think i don't personally think it's possible to make a full exercise routine what you would say a habit just because a habit is kind of outside of conscious awareness but the thing that you do to get you to the place where you do exercise can. So this in a book I was recently reading, uh, this woman was talking about her exercise routine is not habitual. Her calling a cab to take her to the gym is habitual. So as soon as you, let's just say you typed in an Uber, you typed in the gym address. As soon as you hit that, you're going to the gym, right? Yeah. So how do we make it, how do we make it the path of least resistance or how do we make this behavior, you know, desirable and easy? So that would be, if you think you're not going to leave the house to do it, link it to something that you're already doing. Yeah. So it's the same when we do uh, nutritional strategies with people, just the, the path of least resistance. Yeah. Like what, what are we confident that we can change in the short term to get a win? Mm-hmm. Um, having a complete overhaul on someone's diet never works. I mean, I'd say it never works. Very rarely works, right? I think, think you'd the, have to have an extreme event in your extreme life event. to make exactly. extreme Exactly. So a, a big catalyst for change is what usually occurs, and that, yeah. that that imposes a lot of stress on people. So people who suffer a huge breakup mm-hmm. can often lead to drastic changes. Someone yep. who has a health scare, someone has a heart attack, yep. um, that can lead to a, a big change, but not as many people go through those things. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just you know small incremental changes, I suppose. Yeah. So let's say let's say you've been doing that. That's great. You're now starting to do things. Um, 
you need to keep going in order for it to become a bit like I guess, I'll just throw out the word habit for it to become habitual for you eventually to you know make sure it's part of your identity and then we're still talking about you want to make sure you're feeling like you're competent um, you're doing the things that you want to do but then also how do you recover from setbacks I think the biggest thing there is not letting a one-off become a week off yeah yeah so the good, good point of that the clients that we have obviously we just had Christmas so we we emphasize the clients there's 52 weeks in a year if by chance you had a you know everyone eats overeats and over drinks at Christmas it doesn't matter in the long term of things like if you have four bad weeks in a year like full-on full-out blown bad weeks that's still 48 weeks of the year you've done really well yeah which is an incredible amount whereas if you don't you know if you allow one bad week to just cascade over time then it gets worse and worse and worse yeah so the big thing is not to let a temporary setback turn into a re i guess what we could call a relapse so if you had been doing your routine two times a week um and then it, you fell off for two weeks don't let that turn into a forever yeah um, and then it goes back to the importance of integrating the behavior into our identity and making sure it's enjoyable making sure you're part of the community like if you are going to the gym and you really miss it and you fell off for a couple of weeks because something happened life um if you miss the place and you miss the feelings that you get from it and you miss the people you're way more likely to go back yep whereas if you were waking up at 5 a.m every morning going to planet fitness and just sludge it along on a treadmill. Yeah. I mean, how long are you gonna endure that? I, I, I'd last about four minutes. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Um, so there's, yeah, there's that. I'm trying to think of. I mean, one thing I might say is, don't program hop either. You know, for your first, maybe even for your first year, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. There's, also, speaking of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yeah. don't try and follow his program. The guy's a six foot seven Samoan beast. On some of the finest supplements, <laughs> <laughs> the finest supplements the market has to offer. So what he does in the gym is not what you should be doing in the gym. Completely different people. Yes. Um, and we can we will talk uh, on the next one about what you should be doing in the gym. Um, there are fundamental human movements that we all should be doing, but how you do them and the intensity and the rep scheme and, and whatnot is completely different for all individuals. Um, you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is starting his journey in Samoa and you're starting your journey in Iceland, the map and the road is completely different to your destinations. So think of it that way. But if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We know a guy. Hey. It's the same Chinese wizard who yeah. give, me, give me the proverb. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs and steroids. <laughs> That's That was bad, sorry. <laughs> <It> was. <laughs> Sounded like a little bit of a older. Um, hmm. that, was, that was better. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, that'll do, it's 22 minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. that'll do. Hopefully that information has helped. Uh, we'd love, I mean, this is what we do for a living. We're passionate about it. So anybody who has any questions or wants to know more about what we do or you have like an individual question, just reach out. We, we are going to help. And we always want to leave people with um, action strategies or information. So what we'll do is we'll attach to this um, podcast uh, a quick PDF with what we've talked about, um, information and then action that you can take uh, and then mine in Justin's details, I suppose, right? That'll be, that'll be good enough for people. Yeah. So you can actually take this information and not just dwell on it for five minutes and then go and watch cat videos again. It's like actually implement the information and then take action upon it and then make a positive change. All right. Cool. All done. All right. All right.
Cool. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Boston Men's Group Podcast. We have an active Facebook group, host a monthly men's group in Boston, and we offer leadership training and coaching. If you want more information, head over to bostonmensgroup.com. We welcome you to become a member and a guest on the podcast and share your story of leadership and triumph. This podcast is edited by Boston Men's Group. The music is by Raphael Crux, and this is Joe Ames. We're going to see you on the next episode.